Good morning, Miss Fitz. Good morning, Miss Fit. It's morning meeting time. It is. We're recording for Thursday, May 21st, and it's almost our final morning meeting. I know. I can't believe it. I know. We've decided to wrap up morning meeting as our school year wraps up, and we will be offering a new kind of podcast format for the summer, so don't worry, but tomorrow is going to be our last morning meeting in this kind of format that we've gotten used to. Yep. It's wild to think that we've been doing this since spring break. It's a trimester. I know. Yeah. I have all the stats that I'll share tomorrow. Oh, so exciting. Yeah. We have a a fun goodbye post. I'll bring my tissues (laughs) for tomorrow. (laughs) But for today, I have the answer to yesterday's riddle. What is easy to get into, but hard to get out of? And you know, I've got that computer science answer stuck in my brain now. Oh, that's so funny. Well, this does still kind of relate to Minster. The answer is trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Easy to get into, hard to get out of, trouble. I love love that one. Love it. (laughs) And our joke today came from a listener. I don't know that Bella even knows that I saw this joke, but Bella shared a really incredible project about birds on Seesaw the other day, and she included a clever bird-themed joke. And I stole it for the podcast. So thank you, Bella. (laughs) Why don't you do it then? Okay. What do you give to a sick bird? I don't know. What do you give to a sick bird? You give them a tweet mint. (laughs) Tweet, tweet. Yeah. I give bonus points for delivery. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's your bright spot today, Miss Bit? So today I sat in on a meeting of students coming together to talk about summer spark plans. I think we mentioned it yesterday. Zach was getting all these, Zach Ashby, the student, Mm -hmm. was reaching out to students and he was like, oh my gosh, here's some more. Oh my gosh, here's some more. (laughs) And there were, the whole Zoom screen was filled. So what is that, about 20 students? Wow. I don't know. It's a lot. So Minster and I just gave him a brief overview of Summer Spark and the kind of volunteer opportunities that are available. And then we did exactly what we said we'd do. We left the meeting and said, give us some ideas. <laughs> and so I'm really looking forward to what they give us later. Oh, that is so cool. So you are just going to wait and see what happens. Yep. Ooh. That leap of faith or that leap of it always works out every time we do this. <laughs> well, the reason I love you as a teacher is because for some teachers, that would be a nightmare. Be like, I was out of meeting. I had no control. I don't know what's going to happen. But for you, it's like, that's the best part of my day. (laughs) How about you? My bright spot is student related too. I've been working on some cool projects with fifth grade. And so today I got to hop on to their live class to introduce one last project. We're using Flipgrid to play a Who Am I game where we pick a book that we really connected with and step into the shoes of our character and leave clues as our character. So like, I am, I did, this is something that happened to me. And so they record their video. And then Flipgrid is very cool because you leave video comments. And so not only are they recording their Who Am I game, and some of them have settings or costumes or really got into it, but then they're commenting with videos on each other and guessing who the characters are. And it it was just a really fun, it's fun to get to play. I feel like distance learning has been a lot of seriousness and it needs to be. Learning is very serious, but I am a person who loves to play. So it was really I I was going to say, I haven't been on any of those Zoom. (laughs) None of the serious ones. (laughs) 
think it's because most of my work as a specialist has been asynchronous, has not been live. Mm-hmm. My The live stuff gets to be really silly, but when you're planning ahead of time and recording and the meetings are all with other adults, like your teachers take this really seriously. We're talking about curriculum. We're talking about best practice. We're talking oh, about- yeah. Okay. You're talking about that side of it. Time. I got it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's really fun when I get to play. Nice. Yeah. yeah, and you should definitely share. I just was reading some of those uh, responses in your blog post, so we'll definitely share that as well. Oh, the best books of the year in 15 yeah, yeah. words? Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Maybe we'll put that in as a resource because if you need a good book to read, that's a challenge I do with my fifth grade class every year. They have to tell me the best book they read that year in exactly 15 words, no more, no less. It's an activity that Pernil Rip, who's a really gifted English teacher, started and this is our third year doing it, and it's so fun. We were worried that it wouldn't work via the distance this year because it's really normally a very collaborative and iterative process. And of course, they nailed it. And so I always take their suggestions and put them in a blog post so that other people can read them. So maybe we'll put that in as a resource. So if you need a good book to read, you can check it out. I mean, you only have to read 15 words, so right, it's going to be nice. quicker yeah. than Amazon, right? Yeah. So we have a few resources. A few might be underselling it. We have <laughs> a bajillion resources because we've had so many great interviews that yes, we've kind yes. of been pushing them down. So we'll get yep. caught up today. So the first one is one I found. It's called Code with an Athlete. And really, I just loved it because it's breaking down another stereotype about computer science and about athletes. So I just love that there's a whole website devoted to athletes and coding. So what happens in Code Like an Athlete? Do you Is it like a class or a pre-recorded video or what is it? That's a good question. Live interactive virtual classes for students. So they're sitting and watching an athlete code and learning. That's so cool. It's hosted by Executive Director of Athletes for Computer Science and NFL Super Bowl champion Ellis Wims, who, whoa, people probably know who that is. I don't, but that's awesome. <laughs> I don't either, but I was impressed by NFL Super Bowl champion. Yep. <laughs> that, what a cool idea. What could be more motivating than watching an NFL champion code and being like, okay, well now I do this because this is cool. Yep. Yeah. And you've got a lot of resources. Well, I mean, speaking of really cool people teaching really cool things, Stacy Gearhart, who is one of our fabulous faculty members at STAB, sent me a resource called Varsity Tutors. And Varsity Tutors is offering lessons from celebrities online. And the one she sent me is from my dear friend, Leland Melvin, who is an incredible, he's a NASA astronaut. He played in the NFL. He came as our youth headliner for the Festival of the Book a couple of years ago and was just the nicest kindest person. And we, in the three hours that we spent together, we got along famously. So I like to tell everyone that we're best friends. And so it is a video of him talking about science and life lessons. If you like this video, you might like his book, Chasing Space. And there are other videos from Varsity Tutors. I mean, it is what it sounds like. It's really famous, cool people giving tutoring sessions to kids who want to learn. But I highly suggest the Leland Melvin one because he's one of the coolest people ever. Yeah, he's a super motivational speaker. I I saw him at a conference once before he came to STAB and yeah. He's just a very, very cool dude. So she has a kindergartner. Her kindergartner loved it and took a selfie with the laptop with Leland Melvin on it and (laughs) posted it to social media and tagged him, which I love. Nice. Um, And we have some more celebrities. Yes, more celebrities. I guess the Harry Potter celebrity read aloud went well because I have a resource today where you can hear celebrities read James and the Giant Peach chapter by chapter. So another classic. 
And this is one of those books where if you've never read it before or you've read it a thousand times, it's just good every time. So it has celebrities like Benedict Cumberbatch, Meryl Streep, the Hemsworth brothers. So far, I believe there are three chapters in and there's videos going up every day. So if you want to experience James and the Giant Peach and want to be read to by Meryl Streep, it doesn't get much better than that. Pretty cool. Yeah. So we couldn't just have one challenge today. We have two challenges. We're trying to to smash it all in now. (laughs) Too much good stuff on the internet. So the first one is one I found called the Fresh Films Video Challenge. And it's got three, oh, four different challenges. We missed the first one, again, because we're pushing these resources down. But there's still three more to go. And it's open to middle and the high school grades and above. And each challenge kind of outlines what you're doing. But we're talking very short videos, one to two minute videos. Looks like there's some documentary challenges and some of them they're going to be posting later. You know, it's another outlet to create with technology Mm -hmm. and not just consume it. And it's really great practice to especially try to do things in very small increments, like a one or two minute video to really hone your skills. So it seems like a really, you know, interesting thing to try out. That can be so challenging. Sometimes creating a two-minute video can be harder than creating a 45-minute video. Yeah. Yeah. You really have to have a good plan going in. Mm-hmm. Succinct. All right. And what's your challenge? So that was for the older crowd. I think you have one for the younger crowd. I do. This is a challenge that I gave to my fourth graders this week, and they have loved it so much that I wanted to share it with you guys as well. We're calling it the Emoji Summer Reading Challenge. And so if you click on the link on our resource page, it will take you to kind of a worksheet that's called Children's Book Emoji Pictionary, where you guess the title of the children's book by using the emojis. So I'll describe one to you, Miss Fit. We'll see if you can get it. It's a green square and then two frying pans with an egg in it and then a pig. (laughs) Green eggs and ham? Yeah. So (laughs) it's a worksheet of those. They're kind of like puzzles. Finishing the worksheet is not the challenge. The fun challenge is that I asked fourth graders to choose a book that they wanted to read over the summer or that they were excited for summer reading and try to get people to guess it in emojis. Cool. My example was the last of the really great Wang Doodles, which was a huge mistake because there's no Wang Doodle emoji. (laughs) So I will try another one, but I would love to see the books that you're excited for for summer reading in emoji form. It's so fun. It's like a like a puzzle. I'm very into it. All right. And I think you have a couple more resources to close us out. Yeah. A couple little extra ones. Um, There's a great article from the New York Times called How to Let Your Children Be Upset. If you are a parent or an educator or just a person who loves a small person, letting them hurt and letting them be sad can be really hard. But As educators, we know that being upset and feeling those big feelings is such an important part of development, and it's how kids learn to control their emotions and to understand them. So this article is, it has some perspective from an author who's written some beautiful books for kids about understanding big, hard topics and big, hard feelings, and it talks about how to let your children be upset and why it's important and how books can be really meaningful in helping to spark those conversations. So that is linked on the resource page. And one more that's just for fun, Mark Raffinen, a third grade teacher at school, sent me this link. It's called A Mother's COVID-19 Children's Book Parodies Go Viral. It's from PBS NewsHour. And this mom was painting with her young child and started creating these parodies of famous children's books. Like instead of Goodnight Moon, she painted Goodnight Zoom with a little laptop with all these characters on it. And they have just gotten huge. People are following to see which book she uses every day. 
And she's on the interview talking about how it's been really fun for her. So that could be a challenge too. It's very fun to watch, but then maybe it'll give you an idea on how to parody a famous children's book in this weird time in which we're living. I've seen some of the images of these books, but I didn't, I didn't know the backstory. And she was really inspired by her uh, child, right? Because they're both painting together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so cool. The best ideas come from kids, I swear. They really <laughs> That's right. do. That's, right. That's why I'm a teacher, so I can steal their ideas and save their mind. That's what it's all about. All right. Well... Oh my gosh. Morning meeting. I know. And there's so much for you to do. You can code with an athlete. You can go to space with Leland Melvin on varsity tutors. You can listen to Meryl Streep and other celebrities read James and the Giant Peach. If you are into filmmaking, there's the Fresh Films video challenge. If emojis are more your speed, there is the emoji summer reading challenge. You can read about how to let your children be upset. Take a look at a mother's COVID-19 children book parodies. You could even make a children's book parody of your own. All right. And then you can get ready for our final morning meeting tomorrow. Should I wear my narwhal costume? Oh, should we wear, we should wear purple and rainbows. (laughs) Oh, maybe I won't. And glitter. I was just going to say my (laughs) unicorn onesie is purple. (laughs) Cause you know, I have multiple in case I need them. Okay. So our, maybe our snapshot tomorrow will involve the unicorn. I don't know. I'm not going to give it away. All right. You'll have to wait and find out. Okay. What's our riddle? Since I gave the joke, do you want to do the riddle today? Um, sure. What kind of dog is always on time? <laughs> and I don't know the answer to this, but I'm going through all the breeds of dogs I know to see. I actually read this one in a book. Ah. So I did not. This one is not from the internet. It is, it is from a book, so you know it's good. <laughs> so you'll have to wait and find out tomorrow. All right. Well, until tomorrow. Tech, love, and happiness. <laughs> <laughs>